named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agents Podcast. My name is Motwell, and as ever, I am joined by Mr. Sam Hunter, who I'm sure is sat in beautiful sunshine in Australia and... After a bit of a different schedule this week, it is still dark here in the UK. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Very early good morning, Mark. And hello, listeners. Um, Mate, I'm awesome. I mean, the sun's still up where I am. (laughs) So I'm coming into the time of year where I get to gloat uh, and you guys just bash around the rain and the dark all day, which is not so bad. I even got to watch golf on a Monday night this week because it was so badly rained out in Scotland for two days that uh, I was able to sit down after I had dinner and watched golf on a Monday night. So long live the English autumnal, the British autumnal weather, as far as I'm concerned. So you've not spent any time watching Australia at the their brief showing at the Rugby World Cup then, though? Uh, we're not in it anymore. So I actually, <laughs> I was at the gym on Monday morning and I was keeping an eye uh, on the, well, on two things. Firstly, on the WhatsApp group that some of my mates still over in the UK and some of them who've, who've managed to come back over the last few years as well, uh, and everyone was just like, they couldn't, could they? And we were sort of <laughs> making jokes about it being Eddie Jones's master plan and, and all this sort of stuff. And like the reality is we got exactly what we deserved. And as I was speaking to with another mate of mine, just after that game uh, where he was just like, oh, well, they can just sack the board and get on with changing it now. And sometimes you need to lose to win. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the old, the guy who, Mr. Nintendo, I don't actually know if his name is Nintendo or not, but he's the guy who invented Nintendo and Super Mario and all that sort of stuff. Uh, his line was, every single defeat is a victory if you learn something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. win or you learn. so let's, let's hope that uh, the Australian Rugby Union learns something from this. England certainly did. Uh, you know, out in the groups in 2015, made a grand final in um, 2019. So that's the model. Yeah. Maybe without Eddie Jones. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna say one of the things you might have learned might be a little bit about Eddie Jones. But anyway, we won't we won't go we won't go into that too too much. We want to talk a little bit about the market. So we're recording this a little bit earlier uh today than we normally would do. We're actually recording two podcasts this week because we want to try and stay consistent and our guests can only do tomorrow, which would be recording on a Wednesday, which means we couldn't put the podcast out tonight as we normally do on a on a Tuesday evening. So we're going to talk very short, sharp about the market, about what we're seeing in the market, both from my perspective, um, working on on the tools every day and from your perspective, what you're seeing on the data from the, the home search side of things. And you've received a listener question this week that we're going to sort of start start us off with. Yeah, um, I'm, I've, I've sort of um, had this conversation uh, with the listener already. And when I say conversation, I mean like back and forth on WhatsApp. So um, it's I, I feel like I should sound like uh, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about on this, but Again, take anything we talk about on this show with a grain of salt. Uh, it's a bit like a disclaimer. This is meant as general advice only. <laughs> uh, past performance is, is not a, a guaranteed indication of future performance. But the question that 
that we had was, you know, it's really quiet in my town. You know, should I be worried? Yeah. And my immediate thought, and this is just where I go with everything because it's, it's anytime I used to complain about things being quiet, it's because I wasn't doing the work. Mm. Um, and it's a lot easier to throw blame at the market or throw blame at the media or throw blame at your competitors than it is to look in the mirror and go, Fuck, I just haven't done enough over the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Um, and I still have that. I like, I, I jump, my immediate reaction is to look for the reason as to why something has gone awry in my world. Yep. Um, and not all the time, but most of the time, it's just because of the decisions I've made or the actions I have or haven't took, right? And that's what I'm getting better at as I grow up, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that was my immediate reaction. And then I thought, no, Sam, don't be an asshole. Be a little bit more empathetic, right? And so I <laughs> asked a few questions, what's going on? What's happening there? And like long of the short of it was not a lot of new stuff, but not a lot of stuff moving either. Yeah. Um, and then this, I guess opportunistic view of, of three key opportunities in the market came to me and, and we sort of talked about it and uh, the agent certainly thought that it made sense. So uh, I thought, right, can I share this question on the podcast and can we move forward? Yes, we can. And, and realistically, there's three like key opportunities, three obvious, if you want to call it, opportunities in the market yeah. today, withdrawn stock, overpriced stock and undermarketed stock. Um, and as you and I, were quite rightly discussing before this to make sure that this podcast would make sense. You said to me, oh, you could use, that could be your own stock or it could be other agents as well. And and I was only talking about other agents' stock. Yeah. Um, but actually, fundamentally, you're right. Um, and that is, that is, I said, these guys are the lowest of the low-hanging fruit. And you were like, well, what about your own stock? And I was like, hey, that's even lower. Yeah. Because, because you don't have to door knock them and you don't have to direct mail them. You can call them or better yet, you can go and see them. And I think you've got to look internally first. So that 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 was my first, when we first started talking about that. That's the automatic thought that you you go to, and that's kind of new, shiny silver um, syndrome, isn't it? You want new stuff, mm. but actually, if you were really, um, I suppose, disciplined or probably maybe not disciplined, really critical about your own performance and your own marketing. And this is probably an exercise to do as a team because it's really hard to be critical to yourself to this level. But which withdrawn, maybe we come to last because that's that's a different conversation for both yours and other stock. But how much stock are you holding that's overpriced? And how, mm. how much stock are you holding where you could improve the marketing? Now, you're probably not going to criticize yourself if you've produced the marketing on it or priced it as harshly as maybe somebody, uh, another colleague might look at it. So I think it's a real team exercise to go through because those opportunities exist, not just with competitor stock, but with your stock. So are you really having those conversations with your clients so that you know which of your properties um will maybe consider a price adjustment if they've got the certain motivations to try and achieve what they say. And something uh, I saw online this week, you should be having those conversations three weeks before you need to have them. Uh, was mm. uh, something I think it was Perry said uh, online. So, and that's a really good point. These conversations don't just happen overnight. And then those under-marketed ones is a case of getting it out and looking at it and seeing, right, you know, that day one thinking, if we were taking this property from another agent now, how would we look at it? How would we perhaps critique the current marketing and then how would we improve it? So I think there are definitely opportunities within your existing stock um, that will, you know, will be there for people to to try and, you know, make the most out of. You, 
I, I think you, you make a really good point there and you just uh, jogged my memory of a conversation I had uh, with an agent mate of mine in Sydney this morning. Uh, so like my Tuesday morning, your Monday night. Uh, you said there, like if you were going to take this property to market again from day mm -hmm. one, what would you do differently and how would you go about it to get a result? Dude, I was talking this morning, said to me that his career changed when he stopped trying to be everyone's best friend and he was their real estate <laughs> agent. And it reminds me of something Peter Rowling's uh, said at like the Martian Parsons induction day when I started there. And he's like, we're not paid to be liked. We're paid to do a job. Mm -hmm. So what we're after is respect. And that was probably as direct as I would suggest people need to be mm -hmm. when having these conversations. Yeah. And you could probably wrote like the last thing you want to do is alienate your clients by being too direct when you've tried to be buddy, buddy and their best friend all along. So you can road test some of this message on other agent stock where, where, like you genuinely have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yep. So you go and have a chat with them and, and you could just say whether it's door knocking, whether it's phone call, I wouldn't probably put this in a letter because people will read letters, uh, worst case tone, and you mm. don't have the opportunity to be jovial. You don't have the opportunity to do a, you know, light door knock instead of bashing on their door. <laughs> or something like that. But it, it's, you know, a, a conversation where it's like, hi, Mark, I'm, you know, Sam from ABC estate agents. I hope you don't mind me being this direct, but I'm looking at your house versus a number that we've sold over the last couple of months and the market's relatively similar. And I can't help but thinking you haven't got a result. And if I may be so bold as to suggest why, I think it's because price-wise you're actually sitting above the market rather than on the market. Has has your agent had the courage to have that conversation with you? Yeah. The same thing. Again, it's like knock on the door, call them up. If you've missed the listing and you went out for the uh valuation or something like that call them up and just be like why is that the photo on the front <laughs> yeah you told me your favorite part about the house was x why is that not the main photo because that's going to be the favorite part for the buyer as well just changing that is going to increase your inquiry increase your viewings and maybe increase your offers you know more than almost anything else will be why am i the one telling you this it should be your agent and what do i have to do to be your agent those conversations You've got to have some courage to have them for sure, but they should be direct and you shouldn't beat around the bush. You shouldn't send the fluffy letter saying, you know, we've been selling in this house for 15 years and we have premium prices and we've got all the best buyers on our database and everything like that. It's why am I the one having these really professional conversations with you over and above the person that you chose to represent you in the marketplace? And how can I actually be the one that not just represents you, but gets you the result you need? Yeah, and I think asking that question, if you are having those those conversations with people, asking that question, have they already had that conversation with their existing agent is a really good way to plant a significant seed of doubt in their head. Because, uh, mm. if, if, you know, you don't have to say, if not, why not? Then, you know, that that is one of those things that will, will come naturally. But one of our team actually had a conversation with a client yesterday who has been on the market since mid-summer now i could be critical and say why haven't they had this conversation before but for the purpose of this i won't because they had a phenomenal conversation with them that just made me think how many how many people are sat in your database who are on the market that you've not spoken to because what they what this client said to my colleague was oh we haven't even thought about changing agents now they've been on the market for months and they have reduced their mm. price and they genuinely, they weren't being funny. Um, I wasn't on the conversation, but from the feedback I got, they weren't being funny. They hadn't even considered changing agents as a, as a marketing strategy. Now, 
as agers, we probably think that's only a few people that um, would fall into that category. And I think there probably is. However, how do we know that if we're not having the conversation with them? And how many, yeah, exactly. How many people are there like that in your database? And if they're not in your database, you need to get them in your database. Basically would be what yeah. I would say, which is the door knocking thing. I'm just thinking, so coming back to how this podcast now uh, and this conversation came about, the conversation there was, have you done any of this? And the answer was no. And so then you come back to the first question of, you know, it's really slow in my local area. Should I be worried? Well, if you're not going to do any work, 100% you should be worried. Yeah. Um, and if you're not going to find the courage to make those phone calls, then yeah. But it's a hell of a lot easier to find the courage to make calls to generate business than it is to find courage to lock the doors for the last time. Yeah. Um, or to go and apply it another job where you don't have yeah. as much control. And ideally, you're probably not having as much fun, right? Because when you are listing and selling houses, there is literally no better job. Yeah. Right? And so it, it's what's worse, the, the pain of somebody closing the door in your face uh, or saying, no, thank you. I'm really happy with my agent. And yes, mm -hmm. they have talked to me about being overpriced and I'm happy with where we are. And yeah. yes, they have told me to switch the photos, but gee, I love the photo of my dirty kitchen. The front. <laughs> or not being a real estate agent. It, it's, yeah. it's simple. And the same thing with withdrawn, right? Whether it's your, your people or, or not, the way you call the withdrawn stock is you're going to have a buyer that their house would have been perfect for. Mm. And you're going to call them and say, Hey, I've just, I've got like four buyers. These are their names. This is what they're looking for. Your house will be perfect. Can I bring them through? Yeah. Your price may not have been there then. Let's test the water again. We don't have to go on right move. We don't have to do anything like that. Yeah. But I'm still thinking about you. You are still important to me. Yeah. But that is the message to you with drawn sales. The same sort of thing. Those buyers there, they're going to be perfect for another agent's withdrawn property. So you go and door knock them and you're like, hey, I've got these four buyers. They weren't buying or they weren't ready to buy or they hadn't sold or whatever it is when you were on the market with ABC but they are ready and primed now. In fact, there's no change. Is it worth bringing them through? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, you know, the people who withdrew maybe last year, there's probably reasons for it because I was thinking about the difference and how we've probably forgot a few of the lessons that the COVID market took. And I was also thinking about this listener question that we had and i was just thinking to myself would i prefer to be in the covid market of busy 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 or would i prefer to be in this market and i thought well actually we've probably forgot a lot of those lessons that we've we've learned with the empathetic and all of that side of things but if people have withdrawn in that market there's a good chance that they um have maybe had a situation change but that's a long time ago now so a lot has, has changed people that are withdrawing now and have done so for the last few months are probably withdrawing for the reason that they can't sell so if you are mm. going and having that conversation with them you're much more likely to have a good result now given where where the market would be but my sort of thoughts on covid or now it's really easy to go oh, i'd rather be in that covid market but when i was thinking about the question you know should i be worried and my honest um, answer to that question is no, because I know what it takes to be successful in this market. Is it more difficult? Yes. To earn money? Yes, it's more difficult. It takes harder work. I'm not, but I, personally, I'm not afraid of that. I know what we need to do. And one of the things that came to my mind when we were talking about this is it turns into a numbers game now. We talk about 
consistent prospecting you talked before about the work of 30 60 90 days what have you done over the last 30 60 90 days to to create your appointments today and your instructions today and your sales tomorrow and that is what is important now is that as you said when we started the show if you haven't done the work then yes be worried but it's not too late not yet you can still do the work now do it consistently turn it into a numbers game and then get the success because this is still a market where estate agents can make money and people still want to move, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. Like, there hasn't been, there's not been a real estate agent globally. Let's like, definitely in the UK, definitely Australia, probably around the world that hasn't had a hard year for the last 12 months. Mm. But the good agents have still had a lucrative year. Yes. And that's the difference, right? It can be hard, but you can still make money versus when it was easy and everyone made more money than they had prior without doing any work. So they just thought that, that was what was going to happen to them mm. forever. And we've, we've forgotten that. We've forgotten the value of hard work. I had a conversation yesterday. Man, I'm losing my track of my days. <laughs> uh, this is what we get for an earlier podcast than normal amount of routine. But it was it was the, the same sort of thing. People are the most important part and the hardest thing about growing a business. You, you've got to find people that you can trust who can get on with it and then you can just serve as and when they need it mm. and that's a really difficult thing to do and actually my comment to uh, i was talking to this guy and i was like mate when we were living in london uh, i was like my wife didn't get furloughed i wasn't uh i was still working full-time um and we used to sit at our dining room table while our next door neighbors who were the same age as us so early 30s would drink wine and smoke weed on their balcony all day because they're <laughs> on furlough and they did it for the better part of five and a half months and i was yeah. like they would have struggled to go yeah. back to work a lot of people would have struggled to go back to work. And I think a lot of agents are struggling to get back into the rhythm of, I actually have to communicate with people. Yeah, My job is actually how well I can communicate with people. Um, and you got to ask yourself, right? If that's not what you want to do, you're in the wrong game. Go and mm. be a garbage man or something like that where you just drive a truck around all day. Mm. Because your job is to, we've we've talked through some really key conversations today, but your job is to communicate with people and connect people with each other better than anybody else in your town, right? It doesn't matter if they're withdrawn, overpriced, under market. It doesn't matter if they're new to market. It doesn't matter if they're buying for the first time. It doesn't matter if they're selling for the first time in 30 years. you got to listen to them, and you got to serve them. And both of those things are really high-level communication. That is the only skill. And without that skill, you can't build trust. You don't have trust. You don't get listings. You don't get listings. You don't get sales. You don't get sales. You don't make money. Simple as that. So I think we've really forgotten. Yeah, we, we have forgotten the lessons from what we learned over COVID uh, and we've forgotten what hard work actually feels like or what working hard feels like or what real real estate feels like. Um, or some of us have. Yeah. You know, the ones that have had that hard year but still made money haven't. They never lost it back then either. They had exceptional years. Now they've had great years. Yeah, it's yeah. as simple as that. What we're talking to is, you know, the people that want to go from good to great. Pardon the pun, Jim Rohn. But, uh, yeah, it's it's how do you do that? Discipline, diligence, communication, finding the easy opportunities, but having the courage to have those conversations and then serving everybody else you meet along the way. Yeah, and I think you're right there. That's the word, isn't it? Courage to have those conversations. And that, one of the ways that I've kind of fallen back on it a little bit is, particularly if it goes wrong. So, you know, you said before, you might knock on the door and you might, and somebody might say, oh, you say, you know, okay, no problem. If I've offended you, I'm really sorry. It's my job to ask these, these questions. And actually, that's the way you've got to frame it in your mind, that it is your job to be courageous in those conversations, ask the questions that somebody else might not be asking them, or maybe the next agent wouldn't be brave enough to ask them to get them the result. Because 
you said quite rightly, we serve, our job is to get people moving to realize their goals. And sometimes that mm. that takes courage and, and asking those, those, you know, difficult conversations, courageous conversations, professional conversations. We talk about it a lot. Um, and if you're not confident enough to do it, then you've got to practice it internally before you go out and actually have those conversations with people. But, you know, we've, we've talked now today about those three opportunities, the withdrawn stock, the overpriced stock, the undermarketed stock, both within your existing stock mm. and your competitive stock. We'd love to hear from people of how, if they have success, particularly internally. I think that, you know, that's something that I think people could go and implement after listening to this podcast they could go and implement that immediately, effectively. Um, booking with your team, sit down, sit down and have a look at that, or just be very critical by yourself and, and pick the phone up. Dead, dead simple, pick the phone up, go and go and meet your clients and have that. So we'd love to hear from listeners who are having success with that, both internally and and with competitors' stock. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. So I say reach out because we'd love to hear if people are having success with that. But share this episode uh, with colleagues. Share it out on social media. I'm Matt Worrell, he's Sam Hunter, and we'll see you again next week.